It's the Illuminals Podcast. We're back again. Yep. You got me, Smith. You got me, Seth. Fired up. Fired up at 9 o'clock at night. I'm fired up, yes. It's 9 p.m. on a Monday. Because the king of kings, LeBron James, is now going to his eighth NBA final in a row. Now, explain what that means to someone years. like me who doesn't know what, what about, about basketball. Okay, well, the NBA Finals is the mm-hmm. final game, or the final series of the year that decides who's the champion. Okay. And LeBron James won the Eastern Conference, which means teams from the East of America. Um, he just won the Eastern Conference for the eighth straight year. Um, he's won it nine times. Uh, there was one year where he, he didn't go in it consecutively. But yeah, so for the past eight years, he has won the Eastern Conference. And this year... It was more impressive than ever because his team was literally gutted halfway through the year, and they replaced it replaced the players with a bunch of random people who don't even need to be playing basketball. And LeBron James is still able to carry their sorry asses all the way to the finals. So it's very impressive. See, I was about to say that it's not LeBron James; it's the team. What you're telling me is that it's the team is LeBron James and not the team, right? Like the onion it is. Go the ahead. Onion once made a very interesting article. It was just a couple weeks ago when they won their first round of the playoffs that said that LeBron James thanks his other teammates for ha- for, for being on the court and, or getting the body requirement of having four other players so he didn't have to forfeit. <laughs> and that's exactly what it feels like. Um, yeah, he, he, is, he is the team. If that team didn't have LeBron James, they wouldn't even be in the playoffs. Like, he is that team. Any team he's on, he is that team. Uh, basketball is the kind of sport where one person, if they're good enough, can take over a whole team and literally drag them up from nothing. And LeBron James is one of those players. I mean, he's the greatest athlete of all time, in my opinion. So, so is LeBron James some kind of basketball-playing angel? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, he's, he's some been playing sort of like, for 15 seasons. Is he some sort of, like... Like DMT machine elf from the future sent here to show us that basketball, like how it should be played. Yeah, LeBron James is kind of like you know how sometimes, um, like you know, you play Destiny. If you bought it like years after it came out, they gave you the upgrade to level sixty immediately. Mm-hmm. That's how LeBron James has been playing basketball for so long. He are, he was already at level sixty when he started, and it's just continued to get bigger and bigger, and no one's been able to take him down. Okay, and uh, I mean. Obviously, he's lost countless amount of times, but that's not entirely his fault. That's that is one. It's one of those things where, eventually, you can drag a team so far until you can't anymore. So that might be the case this year. He is going to face a very, very tough opponent in the finals. So it's going to be it's going to be tough, but we'll see how it goes. Who's the opponent? Uh, it's being decided as we speak between the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets, who are going to Game Seven in their series. Uh, both those teams are very, very good. Golden State, Golden State, and the Cavaliers have played in the NBA Finals the past three years, and this will be the fourth if Golden State wins tonight. Now um, I hear a lot about is Golden State Warriors. I've heard that they're very good. They are. They have uh, a couple of years ago they had uh, the Splash Brothers, which are Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Um, very good scorers. Steph Curry is maybe the best shooter of all time in the NBA. He's very good offensively. His shot looks very good. And he can score points. And then they won a championship. They beat the Cavs. And then the next year, they lost. The next year, they set the record for the best regular season record of all time, going 72 and 9, only losing nine games in the whole year. 
And that then sounds crazy. In the final, in the NBA finals, they were up three one on. You have to win four games. They were up three one on LeBron James and the Cavs, and LeBron said no. He came all, came all the way back, won three games in a row, and won the finals, beating statistically the best team of all time in the NBA. And then after that year, they signed Kevin Durant, who is one of the very best that we have right now. And ever since then, the next year, they destroyed the finals. They beat LeBron 4-1. It was a very, very bad series for the Cavs. And now it might happen one more time, and we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I hear a little bit of the Steph Curry guy. So he's pretty good, right? Yeah, he's very good. He, uh, yeah, he came out of nowhere. I mean, he was a very high draft pick originally, but he... Wasn't really expected to be as good as he is now, and he just got into a good system. The Golden State Warriors ended up picking him up and got, like I said, the other guys, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Very lucky how they got those two. You know, just good draft picks, good system for building players. And now they're, uh, yeah, they're touted to be the best team there is, and they've got, they have the skill to be the best team, certainly. Now, what is the Golden State? It's one of the five teams that are in California. So. Wherever the fucking California, gold, whatever part of California is considered Golden State, that's where they're from. Okay. And also, whatever happened to Justin Lin? Uh, the director of the Fast and Furious movies. Yes. Uh, he's still making movies. Now, if you're asking <laughs> about Jeremy Lin, Jeremy Lin, yes, of Lin Sanity, actually very funny. I listened to a podcast not too long ago that had him as a guest. Um, the low post for anyone who's into basketball. And, yeah, basically, you know, there was that week where we were all like, Lin Sanity, he's real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he uh, he got injured um, when he was on the Houston Rockets, had to sit out for a while, ended up getting traded to the Brooklyn Nets, who he is currently under contract for. Um, and, yeah, but he's been injured for a long time now. He hasn't really played that many games, and it's kind of a bad scenario for the guy. Um, obviously, he... Financially, he got pretty well off. He made an, he got enough contracts to uh, do him well while he was still playing. But, yeah, he hasn't really been able to play much ever since that week we all got excited. So it's been kind of a downhill move for that guy, sadly. That's too bad. Yeah, he was exciting while he was there. You know what I'm thinking about Justin Lin, though? Jeremy Lin or Justin? No, the, the other one, Justin, Justin Lin. Yes. Because today I was reminded that he is directing the Aquaman movie. Yes. Which is just wild. Just just fucking wild. And like, sad. Yes, all, very sad. It's, it's sad that they're continuing with this DC Universe nonsense because it, it Justice League was so terrible. But the fact that Justin Lin is trapped making an Aquaman movie, it's like, come on, man. It's not his fault. I mean, yeah. Of course, the I money, mean, right? Like, it's a sure. paycheck. Why not? Yeah. You can go back to doing what you want afterwards. I mean, you gotta make the cash somehow, but still, like... After that, I guess you can fund your own uh, passion project or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, um, fucking fucking Aquaman. Um, but that that reminds me because the reason I was thinking about Aquaman was because I was watching. Um, I'm rewatching Entourage. Arrested Development. Oh, okay. Yes. No. Arrested. They made a joke about Aquaman in there at one point, and that reminded me that Ron Howard directed the Han Solo movie that we both just watched. Yeah. So. I was the reason I, I was actually going to segue to this with my LeBron thing. Surprisingly, oh enough. okay. So this weekend, this past weekend. Well, hold on, back up. What was your? Well, let me tell. You, so tell me your segue from the LeBron angle. I'm about to. Okay. So this last weekend, I had the biggest heartbreak of my entire life, and then I had 
you know, the LeBron thing was the good thing that happened this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I was very excited that LeBron won the game. It's good. And I needed it because Friday night I went and saw a Star Wars movie. I'm not going to say the name of it, but I saw a Star Wars movie. And it was the first time of the 10 Star Wars movies I've seen that I didn't like it. And I didn't know what to do. I literally sat in the theater, didn't even look at the credits. I just looked down for like two or three minutes and was like, what just happened? Yeah, I think that my reaction was a little bit, um, a little bit not as bad. I just got up and left as soon as it was done because I was like, well, that was, that's it. That was a movie. It happened. I watched it. It occurred in front of my face. And then I was like, well, I'm done here. Yeah. So in case you don't know, we're talking about Solo, a Star Wars story. It's uh, the origin, I guess you can call it, of Han Solo. Oh, is it? Very, very popular character from the original trilogy and the new sequel trilogy. It's doing very badly at the box office. It is actually doing very bad. I was surprised. I thought it was an. I thought it was going to do like you know just pretty regular start like maybe not like Last Jedi and Force Awakens numbers, but you know kind of like Rogue One, maybe a little less numbers. But it's actually doing very bad, and I'm just wondering. I'm wondering really what they did wrong because I don't think they did it as far as marketing and all that stuff, and as far as something the average moviegoer would care about. I don't think they did anything wrong really. The thing no, I'll that, say something they did wrong with marketing right off the bat. Go ahead. They didn't have a fucking trailer until two months ago. That's true. The there trailer came out very no late. No footage. Now a lot of that did come from the the reason that I, that the two of us had a were a little hesitant going in was that they kicked out the directors Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who in my opinion have a one hundred percent success rate with making movies. Agreed. Um, and they kicked them out for safe, sturdy Ron Howard, um, and workman like director. Yes. Um, I'll give him credit. For the situation he was put into, he he made a product. And I will say this, I have nothing against workmanlike directors. They put out shit, and it's, I shouldn't say shit, they put out work, and it's, you know, it's decent. You go, you, you know what you're getting when you go see a Ron Howard picture. Yeah, I mean, so I'm not these saying days, that's bad or anything. Honestly, these days, that's kind of, I mean, man's a genius, he's great, but Steven Spielberg kind of does that thing now. It's true. He'll direct a movie, and it won't be bad, it won't be life-changing, but it'll, it puts you in the seat. Entertains you for long enough, and then you get out. True. Nothing wrong with that. This and movie, like, however, ugh. did not entertain yeah. me. Because here's the thing: going into this movie, all the positive reviews I read had one thing in common. They said it. They said it's fun, and I have nothing wrong with fun. We talked about Fast and Furious earlier. If you're gonna actually talk about the Fast and Furious movies as films, actually, I'm not even gonna go there. I think they're great no matter what. But yeah, for sure, they're fun movies. They have mm-hmm. there's. Tons of flaws with the Fast and Furious movies, but they're fun, and I sit down for two hours, and I'm fucking entertained, and I do, when the credits roll, I am fucking pumped. So I'm like, okay, if the movie has a, if Solo has an okay story, or not as many laughs as I'd expect, it's at least a fun movie that's going to have some cool action, and is great. And I was watching the movie, and then the credits rolled, and I was, I, I kind of looked around and thought maybe I missed the fun part, because I didn't have any fun at all there were scenes that i think were supposed to be fun but they never really quite got there yeah they missed the mark a lot like it has two it has two theoretically interesting heists you have one on a space train which come on how do you fuck up a space train heist it should be so easy to film this 
Yeah. But it, boy, it was just. I don't know, man. It was hard to it watch. Was, it was times. like I don't know. It was like washing paint dry. It was like a step by step. I didn't feeling. And then one big problem with that scene, especially, is I kind of just um, the problem making a prequel in general is that I do not feel worried for Han Solo or Chewbacca at any time during this movie. That's true. There's no danger with them because I know that they don't die. <laughs> it's like. They should put the other characters in danger. And they do, to be fair. But you're not going to be able to make people care or feel tense about Han Solo, Chewbacca, Orlando, because you know they make it through. Yes, that's very true. Oh, and, and by the like, way, okay. uh, anybody listening, we're in a second we're going to spoil some stuff about this movie. If we For haven't sure. already spoiled stuff. So if you haven't seen it and you want to, skip forward like 20 minutes. Yeah. So Darth Maul shows up. Yeah, Darth Maul shows up, which is batshit. And yeah. I don't I don't even know where to begin with the Kira Darth Maul storyline. Kira being a character played by Amelia Clark in this movie. Who uh people I like to hate on her, but I think whenever Amelia Clark shows up in something, I'm always like, Well, there she is. She's she hits her mark and she says her lines and that's what people criticize about her. They say she doesn't know how to act. Uh, and I'm like Well I mean yeah, I, she, I mean no she yeah, she was passive. I mean, she didn't... She probably did as good as she could with the script given to her. I mean... I mean, she's not brilliant, but she's also not terrible. Yeah. She's just there. You I know? mean, the only the only brilliant performance in this movie is, unsurprisingly, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. Oh, for sure. Who... Lando probably deserved the movie, to be honest. Because Lando dude, dude. was fun. He was the one part of the movie I considered to be fun. And whenever he was on screen, I was happy. Sadly, he actually doesn't get as much screen time as you'd hope. Oh, uh, yeah, he does kind of, like... He comes in probably, what, halfway into the movie? God, it felt like I'd been watching it for three hours by the time he came in. <laughs> and it, he exits it probably, what, 20 minutes for the ending? So yeah. there's a lot of non-Lando time. And it's it's too bad because Donald Glover was the perfect choice to play it. And he do, he, he has a spot-on Billy Dee Williams as Lando imitation. I, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, he does everything right, even down to calling him Han instead of Han. Mm-hmm. And, so, yeah. Oh, man. Some of my prob- some of my problems with this movie, there's two that me, me and you both knew about them without talking about them beforehand. We mentioned them at the same time when we talked about it after the movie. First yeah. up, it's going to have to be how Han Solo gets his name. Hmm. I have never wanted to leave a theater more <clears throat> than the moment that we find out how he got his name. Do we want to, you want to tell the listeners if they, haven't, if, if they haven't seen it already and they want to know? So Han Solo manages to sneak past, bribe his way past security on his home planet of Corellia to... I guess his plan was to get on a ship, but he, it seems like he gets past the barrier and doesn't have a plan for that. Yeah. So... He goes and joins up with the Imperial Navy, and he's talking to this recruiter, and he says to him, uh, the guy's like, what's your name? He says, he says Han, and he says, what's your last name? And he says, what's your, who's your people? And Han says, I don't have any people. And this Imperial just kind of stands there for a second and goes, Han Solo. And I was like, fuck this movie. Yeah, so the scene has lots of problems. Mm-hmm. One, once again... I do not have any suspense as to what Han Solo's name is going to be because his name is Han Solo and I've known it for basically my entire life. Yeah. Two, uh, 
Why? Why yeah, does why? Han exactly. Solo get his name from a fucking Imperial recruiter, I guess? Yeah, exactly. Why is that why? the way that Han Solo, the, the debonair, well, not debonair, but supposedly debonair smuggler, um, who is ends up being very famous across the entire galaxy, how is that how he gets his name? Which I get it. They're going for like an Ellis Island type thing where you show up and so they give you a new last name that sounds more American or whatever. Sure. Okay, fine. But the problem with this scene is that the the long pause the Imperial takes before he says it, we fucking know what it's going to be already. We understand that. Yeah. I mean, I, it's like it was it was it was pure fan service, and you know, normally, hey, fan service works on me usually. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Force Awakens did fan service, and I fucking loved it. Yeah, but this but just this was bad fan service because if you're a fan, you don't. That's not how you want Han Solo to get his name. And I'm not even pro- I don't even have a problem with what I wanted to happen. It's like. It, it's like this movie just whenever it's time it was like okay it's time to it's time to show you guys a reference to something that happened before bam it hits you in the face with it and it's like damn movie calm down yeah so that was a big strike for me i i shook my head in the theater i saw it by myself mm-hmm. so like i was very mad and unsurprising by the way that you saw it by yourself yeah i went and saw it solo um well no one wants to go see this movie so there you go yeah um yeah, I went and saw it solo. So, um, <laughs> the, uh, and then there's another part that happens not very long after that that really made me grind my fucking teeth. And it, it's kind of, it's almost the same moment, just in a different setting. Basically, Han Solo is whatever. He's somewhere. Who cares? They throw him into a pit with this beast, you know. Well, so. hold on now. I, I want to set the scene here a little bit. Okay, it's yeah, go ahead. basically World War One in space, the planet. That's true. They're, you never want to see who they're fighting, which, I mean, I'll give them this. That's an okay premise. Okay, that's how World War One kind of was for a lot of people. It's just fog and mud and smoke and people dying. Okay, cool. But then it's, it's like it shows you like the, how the Imperial Army sucks. And I'm cool with all this as well. But... The po- the thing we that we we sort of like, it's like and it gives it one line of oh I I get kicked out of the academy. I'm like, wouldn't that be more fun for us to see as him getting kicked out of the academy instead of him fighting on Mudball Planet against some alien species that we don't ever get to see? Yeah, they, it's they like, skip actually some parts of his story that might have been interesting. Mm-hmm. They just skip them. And it's like there's all these cool like hey here's a, a fucking ATST. But we're going to show it to you for a second and then cut away to Han Solo looking at something that you can't see. It's like, why did it, it felt cheap. And I think the problem with that to me was the ATST actually looked so cool. Yeah. It, it was actually one of the best looking ATSTs, obviously, because technology's gotten so far, you can make them look really cool. And I was excited. And then, I, like you said, I see it for a second and then I'm over to looking at Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Who looks the and same as he has always. That's true. So, but yes, continue with the scene. So, well, just I guess I'll continue setting up. Han Solo, he meets up with Woody Harrelson's character, who's supposedly a captain of the Empire, or the whatever you want to call him. Um, I don't care. And then he's like, oh yeah, so you lead us. So he tells them what to do, and then Han Solo ends up finding out that they're actually smugglers. You know, they're, they're not actually Imperials. And so they're like, he's like, hey, I want to join you guys. And then they report him to a commanding officer, and they throw him in the brig, which is where the beast is. This beast that's going to 
destroy him. And unsurprisingly, that beast is Chewbacca. You know, very famous Star Wars character. Know him, love him. He's been there since the beginning. And so this is where, like I said, I grinded my teeth and I almost let out an actual scream in a theater. So, you know, Han Solo is trying to work his way around Chewbacca and not get murdered. So he ends up telling him that he, he's like, oh, I speak, you know, Wookiee. I speak the language from Kashyyyk. And he starts to speak Wookiee, which is kind of cool. It's not something you see very often, in the, not something you see at all in the Star Wars movies. You, you don't see people speak uh, Wookiee ever. But the problem is, and this is going to sound so dumb, but it's a big problem for me, is they gave it subtitles. So yep. you get to know what Han Solo is saying in Wookiee. But not Chewbacca. Not Chewbacca. And that's and that thing is throughout the whole, it's it's kind of the same principle you get with Groot in the Guardians of the Galaxy. You don't need to give Groot uh, subtitles because you infer what he's saying by people's reactions and the things he does himself. And that's how Wookiee has always been in the movies. So, and then the thing, the the bigger, the even bigger problem to me is the things that Han Solo ends up saying are things you could just infer. Like there's a part where he's like, "Hey, I want you to let's let's." you know, get this metal bar off the ceiling so he can get out. Literally, he could just say some Wookiee stuff and point at that bar and the audience would get it. We wouldn't need these subtitles they give us. Like, I could feel Buster Keaton rolling in his grave. Like, visual storytelling, guys. Come on. Yeah, and, it, and it's it's so useless. They, it's, they subtitle three lines of Wookiee, three or four, that could easily, like I said, have just been visual storytelling and then, and then that's it. And I was... Oh my god, I was visibly angry. Like, the joke in the movies is, you don't understand Chewbacca, you understand him, like you said, through inferring through his actions and whatnot, and also that Han will always have something to say back to Chewbacca, like a funny comment, right? And it's the same joke they do with R2 and C-3PO. It's the exact same joke. You don't understand what R2's saying, there's no subtitles. You get 3PO translating for him, or Luke, or whoever. It's like, this is basic from the very first, like, Star Wars movie. How did you not understand how this joke works? Yes. And, and I'll tell you this. If Lord Miller had made this movie, it would not have been subtitled. not have been subtitled. And so, yeah, those are two things that me and you both pointed out very quickly on the phone about why we didn't, what we didn't like. Um, and there's a lot, like we said, there's a lot this movie does wrong. Um, one other thing that really pissed me off that we didn't talk about, actually, is that for the first time... In a Star Wars movie. We get to see this... I guess it's not necessarily the first time. But we get to see this really cool space alien monster. You know, the big tentacled monster. Yeah. And they fly around. And it's cool. You don't see it very often. And it's awesome. And then they deal with it in like three seconds. Yeah. And it's out of the way. And I was, I was, I was like... You guys actually had the chance to do something cool and new in the Star Wars universe, and you just blow right past it like it's nothing. One comparison that I heard, yeah, sorry, real quick, there are so many things in this movie that are like, it, it brings ideas in, like the ATST we see for a second and then we cut away, it's like, oh, that's cool, and then we're gonna just like, throw it aside for literally nothing. Yeah. For nothing. Because if you don't know the, the behind-the-scenes drama... Uh, Lord Miller were apparently fired for because the movie was being made to be too much of a comedy. It was too funny, apparently, for the main actor. So they fired them and brought in Ron Howard. And so the reaction to that whole, like, it's too funny thing was, let's cut out most of the jokes. Like, 90% of the jokes are just gone. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Was so going in, I was like, okay, they got rid of Lord Miller because it was too funny. Um, but it's a Han Solo movie, so it still has to have a certain level of funny. You know, I'd say, I'd say it should be around as funny as maybe the average Marvel movie. You know, yeah. a lot, the Marvel movies have quips and are fun, and you know, kind of the Han Solo shit. You're normal. You're regular. You are accustomed to is what I meant to say. Um, but I mean, and I say this with a heavy heart. There are almost no jokes in this movie. No. There are, I laughed probably three times, and one of them was probably a light chuckle. Most of them just, most of them literally, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm biased or anything, because I love the guy, but it's it's Lando. Lando brings most of the funny moments to the screen. Yeah, I, actually, I should say this. Whenever I levy some criticisms at this movie, they are almost all pointed at scenes that don't have Lando in them. That's true. Because... Like like we said, Donald Glover makes he just makes the movie better when he whatever he's on it. But honestly, there are there's two moments outside of Lando being on the screen that I can remember laughing. One of them is a line said by L three, which is Lando's uh, companion robot, and then one is said by Han almost near the very end of the movie. And other than that, I really didn't have fun <laughs> in the theater. I do want to talk about L three for a second. Mm-hmm. Because L three is such a fascinating character to me. She is she is a, a droid who is Lando Calrissian's companion, and she is the only character thus far in the new Star Wars canon. These, she these embodies Disney something movies. that both of us find very important in the Star Wars universe, which is that droids are slaves. And when you first see her, she's like trying to get these two droids that are in a droid fighting pit to stop fighting. She's like, they're just using you for entertainment. You know, you're just being exploited. And there's literally a slave master who's like, they've never had it so good, you know? And it's very pointed and on the nose. But the problem is that they keep trying to play this for jokes. Yeah, it was it was supposed to be, uh, this character is lightheartedly against slavery. And, and then, uh, I don't know if that works very well on screen. And I thought, I mean, and, and also, this is something that, that just really grinds my gears the more I think about it, is the part where they're walking to, to the ship, and, like, she's going on and on about how she doesn't belong to anybody or whatever, and Lando's like, oh, yeah, I would have had her mind wiped a long time ago if she hadn't, if she was so good at navigating the galaxy. And I'm like... Boy, the optics of having a, a black character say that, just, like, glee, like gleefully endorse endorse slavery is oh boy that's rough yeah that was i actually didn't pay attention to that line very much until i read something i read something about it later and i was like yeah that's a that's not great and the only time that i thought that the l3 jokes were good was the one time when in the in the in the uh a cockpit when lando's going to like get a drink or something he's like can they get you anything and l3 just looks at him and says equal rights and that's actually a joke to land to me for me because we do that in our family. We'll say like, "Do you need anything?" and someone will say, "Can you get a million dollars?" You know, it's the same kind of humor, and I, I I laughed at that one. But every other time, it's like y'all are like making a joke out of like a slave uprising, and that's fucking weird. Yeah, that's uh, it. Was, I don't know. It was a little much. I don't know. It's one of those things where I don't know if they knew what they were doing. Because I don't, I don't know if the people who are writing currently for Star Wars movies are thinking about the droid slavery thing as it should be thought about. 
I think maybe they are just kind of putting it on the back burner and be, letting it be a side thing. When honestly, it could be could be its own fucking trilogy. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if they if they're thinking about it the right way. I'm not trying to say that people who write the Star Wars movies are actual like trying to put down or trying to like brush aside stuff like slavery. I just don't think they're actually thinking about the potential they have for the, in these stories. Well, I think it's pretty simple from my perspective. It's just they think you can make funny jokes about slavery so long as the slaves are not humans. That's true. That is that's very very true. And even then, sometimes they will make jokes about slavery when they're humans, but only if those humans are prisoners or committed crimes. Then it can also be funny for them. It's fucking not funny for me though at all. Yeah, it's a little, uh, it's a little much. Like on Kessel, this is later in the movie. They're doing the heist on Kessel. She like pulls the restraining bolt off of a droid and says, and it's like, "What should I do?" And she says, "I don't know. Go free other droids." And it takes her seriously and starts doing that. Yeah. And then there's this like slave uprising that occurs on Kessel, where like there's literally the slave masters are being killed by the slaves down in the mines. And they're using this as cover for their heist. But every time you see something like you know, slaves taking away guns from slave masters and killing them, it cuts to a funny picture of a droid jumping up and down on a control panel. And it's like, you're really undercutting what's going on here, which, I mean, again, I'm, I'm the person who's saying this movie should be a funny movie. Maybe it should be a funny movie by not including jokes about slavery. How about we just leave, leave, leave those out of the movie? Yeah, you know? uh, this might be a controversial opinion, but of all the movies I've seen, all the, probably my top five favorite comedies of all time don't even mention slavery at all <laughs> and maybe like i said maybe that's controversial but i'll i'll die on that on that fucking hill these are people who watched blade runner back in the day and were like yeah replicants suck man yeah fuck they're, they're just robots it's like i don't know but also a couple of other little things with this movie um the marauder leader remember that remember that who turns yes. out to be a girl or whatever they were somebody at at Lucasfilm or Disney or wherever what it was called now was playing Destiny and we're like, I want that. We need to get a Destiny character into this fucking movie because even in the trailers I was like, what is up with this like vandal ass looking motherfucker from Destiny in Han Solo? Because there it was. Yeah, and the Marauders slash Future of the Rebellion, I guess you can call them. Um, as cool as it was to kind of include them in the movie. It was kind of weird how we don't get a proper introduction to them, and then they're shoehorned into like the last twenty minutes. Yeah. And like right when I thought the movie was supposed to be ending, they kind of like brought on this whole new action set piece that we have to worry about and fucking wrap our heads around. That's wrapped inside of another action set piece, and yeah, and that's actually one of my biggest criticisms of this movie. Much too long. Oh, I could yeah, have done it without half of it, probably. Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah, it's like, oh, Warwick Davis showed up. That was cool. It's good to see Warwick Davis. I'm always yeah. happy when he Warwick shows Davis up. In the movie for about 30 seconds. Yeah. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, fans, remember Warwick Davis? Here he is. Yeah. It's actually... Which I'm not... It's Warwick Davis. Is it Warwick? Okay. Warwick. My apologies, Mr. Davis. Yes, I know um, he listens, so... Yeah, he's a, he's a big fan. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. I'm not opposed to that. I'm, I love seeing him in movies. It's great. But it's, like, so obvious that they want you to get that emotion, you know? It's, come on, man. 
But also, also, you're being very generous calling the end of this movie two action set pieces. It's literally four shots of the Marauders slash Rebels taking down these security guys. And then, like, a very bad fight between Paul Bettany uh, and Han Solo and Kira, where it literally is like, I don't know, 15 seconds of, of, I mean, what could be generously called banter before she stabs him? Like, it ain't much. Yeah. I was, I was trying to come up with a, a, as as movie a word as possible for what that ending could be. Um, it The most appropriate word, though, is a mess. Oh, yeah. And it's actually, I did like... Oh, go ahead. I'm finding it actually kind of interesting because, you know, I follow, you know, Star Wars forums and, like, Star Wars subreddits and stuff. And I was surprised that it's the movie's actually got some pretty positive uh, fan feedback, um, which, of course, I'm not going to blame anybody who likes it. You know, like the movie if you want to. But... I don't know, I've actually been surprised with some of the fan feedback being so positive. And the yeah. the Rotten Tomatoes score is much better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, hey, if you enjoy it, enjoy it. That's not... I'm not here to shield anybody's fun. And I, can see that there are, I can see there are things to enjoy about this movie. Yeah. I just didn't enjoy them. Like I said, I was about to say, one thing I enjoyed was in Paul Bettany's treasure room. Big ass crystal skull. Yes. Just a nice big joke. And it gets blown up too later on. That was it a does. good... That was a good joke. Also... Kira like beats up a guy, and this is this is very lame. She beats up a dude, and we only see it through a tiny porthole. And then they're like, "How'd you do that?" And she, and first of all, this guy was not a fighter. He was like a limping old alien man. Yeah. She beats him up, and she's like Terris Kasi, and I was like, "Oh, not this, anything but Terris Kasi." Yeah, didn't a guy in your theater get a little excited for that? Some dude was like, "Woo!" And I was like, "Shut up!" There were eight people in this theater. Shut up. Yeah. How dare you like stuff? <laughs> well, not that. It's just like, I don't know. Do you want to explain like, what Terrascasi is for Oh my the god! It was, like a, it was a fake Star Wars martial arts, and it was it was the name and, and basis of a very bad video game where you could play as Darth Vader and uppercut Chewbacca off the side of Cloud City, which sounds cool, and it would have been cool if the game had looked or worked at all. It was it was just bad. Also, and I understand that you don't like it, but there's no reason to call something a fake Star Wars thing because all Star Wars things <laughs> are fake things. Dude, so. I remember when I was back in college and I discovered Wikipedia and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I clicked on like lightsabers and I was like, lightsaber combat. And I followed that and I was like, here are the seven forms of lightsaber combat. And I was like... Oh no, they did, they, <laughs> it was like, we, we were so preoccupied if we, if we could, we never thought to think if we should. That was all I could think when I saw that fucking shit. But yes, it was all fakey fake bullshit. Yeah, it's just, it's so fake, so. But like we said, at the end, sort of at the end, Darth Maul shows up, which is a surprise if you, have, if you haven't watched the cartoons. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some of the cartoon stuff, and I still disagree with it that Darth Maul is alive. Now, see, that's how I thought it at first, too. But I think that Darth Maul turns out to be a very fun character in the cartoons, and we'll see. You know, we'll see. Um, yeah, I wonder how they do it in the movies, because the cartoons have... The cartoons get this interesting deal where they get to do whatever the fuck they want, and the people who write them seem to actually care about Star Wars. Um, and I do want to. I do want to know how they're going to do it. If they're going to follow the same story, or if they're going to do something different for the, for the live action stuff. Now, well, obviously, there's going to be some different because of the Kira storyline and all that. What I hope is that they bring in Darth Maul's brother. 
Oh Remember yeah, isn't his name Garth Maul? <laughs> Garth Maul would be better than what it actually is. What's his name? Savage Oppress. I'm done. <laughs> Shut the fucking episode off. This is so fucking stupid. Oh my god. I want to fucking murder everyone right now. What the fuck? Savage Oppress. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Fuck this stupid fucking shit. I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars more than I love most things, but fuck that. Garth Maul would be way better. And Garth Maul is stupid. It's true. Do you remember Do you remember the names that, that, that George Lucas pitched for the protagonist of Force Unleashed? No. I'm going to run them down for you real quick, okay? Okay. Darth Icky. Please. Darth Insanius. Mm-hmm. And I think it was also uh, Darth Dark. All of those are better than Savage Opress. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is that George Lucas was obviously trolling this entire room of game developers when they, when they were asking him about this. Because he didn't care, right? He was trolling the shit out of them. But they all took it seriously as if he was actually saying to name the characters that. Which, to be fair... Would have fucking ruled because it would have been a hilarious name. Yeah, I don't think that's that a lot of people realize how little George Lucas cares about Star Wars fandom. He, oh yeah, he likes Star Wars. He made Star Wars. It's his baby, but he understands that some people take it a little too seriously, and he likes to mess with them because of that. Yeah, that's why he was uh, like, "Oh yeah, Obi Wan. He's from a uh, Stu John because he was talking to John Stewart when he said it." And, and now that's true. Were like. That's gospel now. Yeah. And it's like he understands that he has a level of power and he just trolls. He just trolls people constantly with this shit. And he wasn't... He wasn't saying that Stu John's an actual planet or any of that. He was just saying, oh yeah, he's from fucking Stu John. Who cares? Why are we all worried about where he's from? It yeah. doesn't matter. And then he says that and now everyone's like, alright, Stu John is a planet. It has a population of 17 million. Uh, it has three levels. It's like, who cares? Why are you doing this? Exactly. So it's just, it's just whatever. It, yeah. It's funny. But, uh, so yeah, Solo, uh, decidedly mediocre. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's the thing is, if it weren't a Star Wars movie, I'd probably give it, like, a 5 out of 10. 5 or 6, maybe. But since it's a Star Wars movie, and since I have that expectation going in, honestly, out of 10 Chewbacca's, I'm giving it 2. Oh damn! Two out of ten. How about you? Um, I heard someone once describe Guardians of the Galaxy as Star Wars, but not as good. And I felt like this was Guardians of the Galaxy, but not as good. So I would give it um, three out of ten. Groups. Wow, that's. This is bold. You're normally the, the nicer of the two of us on movie reviews. And I guess you were a little nicer, but damn. I'm just saying, it was uh, like... <coughs> it was. Like I said, it just wasn't fun. I just did not have a good time in the theater. And I, it's one of the only movies ever where I pulled out my phone to check out what time it was. I didn't, like, pull it out and be an asshole. But like I, I took it out of my pocket, and I was like, how much longer could I conceivably have left in this movie? Well, what day did you see it on? Friday. I saw it Friday at how- 6.30. How packed was your theater? It was it was sizable. It wasn't full, but there was enough people. Because I saw it on Saturday at um, like six, 7 o'clock at night. 
there were eight people in the theater, including me. Yeah, and actually, I had two, I had two pretty good moments in, in my theater that I liked, or not good moments, but moments that I thought were funny. One was this dude got up to get to go to the bathroom right as the Darth Maul scene was about to start, and then he <laughs> came back in right when it was over. So oh, this man, man isn't going to know that Darth Maul was in this movie until he reads some article about it. That's true. And then two, when the credits started rolling, the row of people behind me started clapping. And it took everything that I've ever been given in life to not turn around and just let out a guttural scream and rip my shirt off. (laughs) Like, I was so mad that anyone, once again, if you liked it, that's up to you. But there are very few movies that deserve a clap during the credits. The Force Awakens was one of them. But Solo is not one of those movies. There was clapping in my theater, too. My God. I don't, you know what? Once again, I'm not going to tell you not to like something. If you like it, go for it. But fuck. Just I just want to point like out, it. though. I just want to point out that when I went to see Infinity War, um, the first time, Thursday, 7 o'clock, showing, it was packed to the gills. Yeah, you couldn't fucking move in that goddamn theater. No. Sunday, I went to see it again at literally 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and it was still, like, 75% full. Um, yeah, I saw it the second time on, like, a Tuesday at, like, 6. Still about halfway full. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. That doesn't bode well for Solo, in my opinion. No. And I don't know. I mean, I don't like the movie, so, once again, I don't, I don't actually care how well it does, but it is very interesting to me that there's this low of a turnout for a Star Wars movie. Well, I have a theory, mm-hmm. and it's that this movie is not going to do well because it is a Han Solo prequel, and there's no Harrison Ford. That's true. Because people just are not going to accept a new Han Solo. And here's the thing. I'm all for recasting characters. Sure, go for it. That's fine by me. If they wanted to recast somebody else to play Leia in the next Star Wars movie... I mean, I wouldn't. I, I would be like, okay, that's fine. Do what you want to do. But people are not going to accept that. Yeah. They're just not. And this new guy is. Oh, he shit. He just doesn't have it. talk about this yet. Go ahead. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have the charisma of Harrison Ford. He's not as funny. He can't deliver the silly lines with the same kind of, like, charm. He's, he's just. He's just not doing it. He's not Here's living the up to the name. And to me. I put all of that aside, because I do agree with you on all that stuff, but I put that all aside to really focus on the writing of this movie and kind of the pacing, in that we see Han Solo in the original trilogy and in the new one, we know that he's a brash smuggler who thinks he, you know, he can think he's larger than everybody else, and he just, and he has a way around it, and he thinks he can talk everybody, or he can talk circles around everybody. So when he's like 20 years old, that's supposed to be when he is the brashest, most sarcastic, most just inept, but in a way that ends up working out for him as possible. And instead, he is milk fucking toast. Yeah, He's a blank goddamn slate of a person. And this is supposed to be the movie that tells us how Han Solo became who he is. And by the end of this movie, I I don't even see that character becoming who Han Solo is in A New Hope. 
No. So because the thing is, he did. This, what it is, this movie is he doesn't change. He's. And I'm saying he doesn't change in the New Hope. You think like, oh, he has his his his. You know, he comes around at the end, flies back to the fight, and helps out, right? And he he has a real change of heart. But in this movie, he gives all the fucking expensive fuel at the end to the to the to the rebels, and it leaves with nothing. And it's like, so he didn't ever have a change of heart. He never developed in a new hope. He just revealed his true colors as he was all along. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. That go that goes down to the writing in this movie and the direction that they. Once again, just from what I can assume about what Phil Phil Lord and Chris Miller were going to do, the direction they took after those guys left, I don't think it worked out. And I don't know if if the original version was too funny. I guess I'd rather have too funny because yeah. this. This version was not fun, not entertaining, and I don't know. I left it with the blankest expression I've ever left the movie with, probably. So, And there is a competing theory as well, mm-hmm. which is that um, maybe Star War- maybe having The Last Jedi come out in December, and it's come out in May, maybe, maybe Star Wars can't handle that many movies at a time. But I point to the Marvel movies as as you know a negative of that. Yeah, it, they can people, like three people, or four in a year. Yeah, people will. What this year's gonna be Black Panther, Infinity War, and uh, uh, Ant Man and, and the Wasp. And you're like, all right, that's three movies in one year. People obviously can handle a lot of these franchise films coming out. So I don't know. I, I literally think it's because it's because Han Solo and it's not Harrison Ford. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I can't disagree with that. There's there's definitely something about it, and you know some of it could have to do with the people who had backlash against the Last Jedi, um, maybe which we talked about the movie at length several yeah. times. So I don't know. Something's going on. The... So good. I'm just saying something's going on with the sales, and you know I'm sure they'll bounce back because they're Star Wars. And I have seen this weird gloating on the internet amongst like. Uh, I hate to even say this, men's rights types, where they're like, oh, Kathleen Kennedy, you fucked up, Kathleen. They keep calling her Kathleen, like like they know her personally or some shit. Yeah. But it's like, they're like gloating over the fact that he's not doing, not doing as well as they wanted it to, and I'm like, it's like, what's the problem? Like, what did Solo do that's wrong? Is it because Lando's in it? I don't mean, he was in the first movies. Why do you care about that? I don't know, man. Even this one is not... I'm not online enough to understand the backlash against fucking Han Solo movie. Yeah, today I actually had to explain to one of my Indian co-workers what the term white genocide means. Oh, no. And I explained it through the lens of when The Force Awakens came out and there was a black stormtrooper and people acted like Kathleen Kennedy was shooting white people in the head in the street. <laughs> a little white cuck ball. Exactly. The little cuck ball that's in the movie. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was, unsurprisingly, like... That's kind of dumb. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it is it very is. dumb. There's no white genocide agenda with Star Wars, you dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> they don't give a shit about that. I mean, you could make the argument that some of their casting choices were made to, I don't know, score easy points with internet people, but also maybe just it's a hollow marketing decision. Who gives a shit? Yeah. It's not an agenda to kill white people. That's not at all what anyone gives a fuck about. So, do you think that uh, yodeling kid from Walmart is going to play young Obi-Wan? Because <laughs> that would be a way to score some quick internet points. Oh, Mike, don't even fucking talk about that shit, dude. It would be it would be incredible. It would be the best thing to ever happen to movies. 
So this kind of turned into a solo episode, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. We've uh, I kind of wanted it to be like a 10 or 15 minute thing. I was I, literally before this, I was like, I don't think we can talk about this for a whole episode. I just wanted to say a few things. And then we, we kind of did it anyway, so... I think we uh, we, we underestimated how much anger we... Not anger, but just disappointment we have this I movie. I was angry. Okay, yeah. I could, I'll say that I was I was annoyed with a lot of things that happened. Oh. I, I, try, I try to get mad at media anymore. Yeah, I agree. I try, the slavery things... The slavery stuff is one that really pissed me off. That's what got me. But other than that... Yeah, I'm just still, a, I'm just still mad about slavery. I gotta tell you. Um, I don't think we're ever gonna get over it. Yeah, that's true. But... So, like, pivoting away from Star Wars, has there been anything that happened this week at all? That um, we even, like, are we even plugged in? There kind of has, but I don't, I don't know if we're ready to get this controversial. Are you ready? Sure. Someone, I'm not going to say their name yet. I'm going to see if you can get it. Someone died this past week. Someone internet famous. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I know exactly who you're talking about. Now, we're talking about this, uh... The self-proclaimed cynical Brit, Total Biscuit from YouTube. Mm-hmm. He died. Yep, how old was he? Thirty-three. Thirty-three. Died of cancer, like brain yep. cancer or something. I can't remember. I don't know what it was. Some kind of cancer. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think the two of us are probably gonna have a controversial opinion on this topic. Yeah. Uh. Fuck Total Biscuit. Yeah. I, I agree. I think Total Biscuit's a fucking prick. Yeah. He was a real and piece of shit. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say anyone deserves to die, but I'm not, I'm not sad that he's gone. And I was on Reddit the day he passed, he passed away, and I mean, I love Reddit. There's a lot, there's a lot of bad people on Reddit. There's a lot of good people on Reddit. It just depends where you're at. But unanimously, people were like super upset about this, and I was like, wow, people really aren't as woke as you think they are sometimes. No. And here's the thing: I will say something. People deserve to die. Scalia deserved to die. We should. Yeah. We, that was a party when he died because he actually had real power and he affected the, he affected people's lives in a far more serious way than Total Biscuit did. The reaction to Total Biscuit dying should be summed up just as "ha ha, lol, he sucked." Like that's it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we should explain some of the reasons we don't like this guy. <laughs> Uh, he was a fucking Gamergate supporting, uh, harassing piece of shit who ran to his fans anytime someone criticized him and had them like dogpile people. And he fucking was just a yeah. real fucking asshole. He's, he cl- har- he's clearly a misogynist as well. He thought he was like basically. He basically went on and said that all female streamers ever are exploiting young men and deserve to lose all the revenue from their streams because they're not actually they're not actually doing it for the game. Yeah, because and it's, it's because they're women. It's not because anything else. It's because they're women. And you got some people, some reactions to this, like Boogie. You we all know Boogie, yeah, right? Boogie. Saying that uh, uh, Total Biscuit embodied all the good parts of Gamergate, like consumer advocacy. And I'm like, I can't think of a worse thing than consumer advocacy because you're implicitly buying in to a consumerist lifestyle. Ugh. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, he was just a real, and and, you know, like we said, he's a real piece of shit. So I'm not, I'm not sad he's gone. You want to hear the funniest thing that I saw about all this though? What? Uh, Apparently, his wife said that as Total Biscuit was fucking literally sliding off this mortal coil as he was looking into the goddamn great beyond, the final fucking sliders. 
No, worse, as he was fucking peering beyond the veil into the infinite mystery that eludes all living beings, he was still thinking about, talking about, and reviewing Fortnite. Wow. I'll do it for you. It's kind of good, you know? If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I just can't imagine someone who is who is literally crossing over to the fuck about to venture across the fucking river sticks to the guy drink the fucking waters of leaf and he's still fucking talking, talking about, about goddamn Fortnite. Fortnite. Oh that's the funniest shit though. It's fucking hilarious that you would even say that. Like imagine being so lame that your fucking wife after you literally died was like, he died with doing what he loves, playing a fucking video game. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh I guess it's I guess it's news, but fuck 'em. <laughs> I just I had to log off for a while after seeing that cuz it was very it was very funny but also like can you imagine when the current generation of streamers and YouTube people start dying off, like, for real, though, like, in 50 years, if we make it that long? Dude, when any of these fucking weirdos we follow now starts dying, like, there's fucking all these YouTube guys and SoundCloud rappers and fucking me, not even YouTube, just, like, internet me, like, the yodeling kid from Walmart I just mentioned, like, when these people, like, I don't know, it's just gonna be a fucking weird time to be alive, if we are alive. What's going to happen when Logan Paul dies? Oh my god, I'll fucking... I'll be happy. Fuck it's just guy. like... Yeah, fuck him, but like, for real though. Like, I, I... People already get real weird when celebrities die in some situations. But like, this is going to be a whole other level of weird because people feel like they have a direct personal relationship with these, these YouTube and like Twitch people. And it's going to be real weird, dude. Yeah, I think it depends on relevancy too. Because like, even though I don't like Total Biscuit, he man he he managed a consistent level of popularity for a pretty sizable amount of time. And I wonder, like, and that's because he, he was kind of hitting an audience of people who aren't going to grow out. Because you know, the people who play games, you you find out these people when you're like 16, maybe, and then by the time you're 26, you're still playing video games. Yeah. And so that's kind of. But then, but I feel like people like Logan and Jake Paul and all this their fan bases are going to grow out of them and they're going to fade into irrelevancy. So uh, those, those guys have to die within like the next two years for it to actually matter. After that, it's just going to be, Hey, you hear that, that guy died. And then everyone's going to say, Oh God, I remember watching his videos when I was 13 and I'm so dumb. <laughs> oh my God. By the way, if anybody wants to, if anybody wants to read the greatest thing about total biscuit, just look up his first post you ever made on something awful. Uh, they got banned for. Just, just look that one up, buddy. Just, just go check that one out. I agree. I've never read it, but it sounds great. A recommendation. Maybe next week I'll do a fucking dramatic, dramatic reading of it because it's in- yes. incredible. Uh, so yeah, uh, politics been plugged out. Don't know. Have no idea. I've been on vacation for the past week. Yep. Uh, people vacation last week. That's true. Georgia. So. You know, we got Stacey Abrams. Yep, sadly uh, I couldn't. Pr- well, I guess I said I guess I could have voted if I did like a mail-in, but I could not vote in Georgia this year, so that sucked. I did. I voted for Abrams. I will say, I admit, I voted for because Bernie said that he endorsed her. Um, even though I also liked Evans's uh, policies as well, and I don't know. I it, I just I'm very surprised. Any time about this? Are you surprised this? that if she gets elected governor, she'll be the first black female governor ever? 
Yep. I did not know that. That's I would have thought there would have been one in the past. I'm very unaware, I guess. I just had no clue. Yeah, that's... But uh, I guess we... That's crazy. It's one of those things when you hear it, you're like, what? No way. Not one? Yeah, when I first heard it, I thought, oh, okay, for Georgia. They were like, no, anywhere. And I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. But here's the thing. Here's my prediction. Right here. It's Smith's uh, Stone Cold Lock of the Week. Um, Stacey Abrams wins in Georgia Governor by two points. Cool. That's our prediction. I say I think the Cleveland Cavaliers win the NBA Finals <laughs> 4-3. Damn, 4-3? Really? You think I mean, it's going to go think all it's the way? Game 7, and LeBron Damn. James is going to drop 50 points. 50 points? In which game? Game 7. Game 7? He's going to drop more than 35 each game, but he's going to drop 50 in Game 7. You should get on one of those gambling sites and put all this in and see if you can Dude, win sports, like a million dollars. gambling is legal now. That's true, it is. That's something we could have talked about. Oh, I got one more thing. Okay. And it has to do with our friend of the show, Elon Musk. Oh, he's had a week. Elon Meltdown Musk May. has been on a tirade lately. Oh, yeah. So last week we talked about how he wanted to start this like thing where users get to vote on how valid a story is, and it's all user-policed. So I don't even remember the entire context, but he was talking about this stuff and being real dumb about it, and then this lady... She had a very level response when he was saying, like, oh, you ever think about this? And then I guess Elon Musk went to her Twitter bio and was like, oh, uh, you have uh, the word nanotechnology in your bio, so you're obviously a fraud. And you're, you don't know what you're talking about. And then Katie Mack, um, who some of you may know, uh, tweeted at him and said, dude, she has an actual PhD in robotics, you fucking shithead. And, yeah, the lady he talked about was actually, like, a fucking genius and has, like, master's degrees and PhDs and all this cool shit. And he decided not even do that level of research and just got fucking owned by Katie Mack on Twitter. So, fuck that guy. Did you see his tweet about when he asked the question, who owns the media? Oh, yeah, and he was like, and he was like come on, media, you can't even get people to vote for you? You're the media. It's yeah, like, but he who was do you like, think you're talking to? He literally asked a question, who do you think owns the media? Which, in case you don't know, people out there listening, that is, like, the oldest anti-Semitic, like, dog whistle in the world. Yeah, that's not saying, hey, who invented the sandwich? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? What does this question mean? Who are you? But the funny thing is, is that he's a fucking billionaire. He owns the media. His yes. people do. He is trying to own the media. It's not fucking Jews. It's not fucking some ethnic or racial or religious group. It's literally rich people. They own the media, not... ah. Oh, it pisses me off. Yeah, it's upsetting. And then I did love... I, I tweeted something mean at Elon Musk, and someone came into my mentions to talk to me about it, like, like angrily, saying that Elon Musk does work on the fucking uh, line at Tesla, and I'm like... I don't need a source on that one, buddy. But first of all, this is lame. I went and checked their fucking profile. All they do, Seth, is tweet defenses of Elon Musk. Yeah. They have made one tweet that was not a reply to someone else like Elon Musk. And I saw one that just made my heart sink. And it was someone talking about how, I don't know, making fun of like him for dating Grimes or Grimes dating him. I don't know. And literally this person that tweeted back, without Elon, humanity is extinct. Wow. That's just... I, 
it just I was like, man, there is some literal, like, real ass hero worship happening here. God, like, I just I don't think any point will be made better on this podcast than fuck Elon Musk and yeah. his type. We could have an entire podcast at this point that was just talking about why Elon Musk is a motherfucker. The man tweets enough in a day for us to have plenty of fucking material. That's true. He's like the fucking, he's like our goddamn president, but somehow yeah. fucking worse. Yeah, at least Trump can be funny. At least yeah. his, his tweets are insane and funny. And at least, in, for all intents and purposes, Trump has surprisingly little power. Elon Musk, because of his fucking sway in the media and the people who suck his dick, has a lot of power that people don't talk about do you see that he endorsed a media story which is crazy why is a billionaire endorsing a media story about some shit that was like oh yeah elon musk is, elon musk is great and it turns out it was written by that crazy ass sex cult that the smallville girl was in yeah and then he came out and was like you know they actually have surprisingly good journalism he was like yeah it's better than most non-cult media and i was like so oh, all other God. media what are you talking about i was yeah, yeah, sure. It's it in the, in the fucking Scientologist review. They're right up there, aren't they? Oh, man. Yeah, Elon Musk, Meltdown May, probably the winner. I think he probably won Meltdown May this year. We'll see. Yeah. There could be a surprise upset at the end. That would be interesting. But I think that's the podcast. That's the podcast. We talked about Solo, and then we ended the podcast. So... <laughs> Um, I've been Smith. You can find me on Twitter uh, at MCSurf, and I sometimes stream things on Twitch at SurfMC. Yep. Um, I'm Seth. You can find me on Twitter at RealDonaldTrump. Um, <laughs> so. um, and our, our art is done by Marcus Barkley, who is an elusive human being. Yep, he's going to be on the podcast next week. Yeah. Definitely, it'll be the worst audio quality we've ever had. Yeah, because he record he, and he. Some people have like a headset they use. He has a headset that he's plugged a fork into, <laughs> and he just like hits it whenever he wants to make some noise. Now Marcus has a Yeti snowball, but here's the thing: he refuses to use push to talk, so it comes out of his fucking computer, yeah. and the sound is taken back <laughs> in and bounced back to All us. All you hear is him eating spaghetti the whole time. <laughs> It'll be an ASMR where it's just me and Seth talking, but in the background you could hear you could hear Marcus quietly eating spaghetti. You just hear a bunch of fucking Alfredo sauce just dripping onto the fucking mic. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was Leo's podcast. Um, and as we see every week, uh, fuck the New England Patriots. Yes, uh, you can lead a horse to water, but it can't go under it. Mm-hmm. I thought we were doing a trade off. Like yeah, I say one. Uh, from one. New Orleans to New York. Wait, that's mine. Shut up. Shit. From New Orleans to New York. And that quote from Ready Player One. <laughs> yep. Um, oh, also, upset of the year for me is that Ready Player One was better than Solo. Oh, God. Um, no kidding, right? How is that possible? Was not what universe is this? Also, wasn't expecting to have extremely positive feelings about Ready Player One and extremely negative ones about Solo, but whatever. So, yeah, that's uh, that's been the Alineals for this week. Y'all take it easy. See you guys.